Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as we know, the world's not all sunshine and rainbows. As Rocky says, it'll be a mean, nasty, ugly place that'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. However, that's where I come in, the Kickin' Life Guru. When life kicks your butt, when life knocks you down, as we know it's going to, I'm here to motivate you, to empower you, to inspire you, and kick you back up so you can live your best kickin' life. So saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, Master Grogan coming at you. Hopefully, you're having a fantastic day. So, as always, folks, if you haven't checked out our previous podcast, what are you waiting on? Come on, check those babies out. Great, a uh, bunch of, I mean, awesome, amazing wisdom and content, and knowledge, and of course, enthusiasm, excitement, all everything we can do, everything I can do, and my guests and anybody that we're around here to help you live your best kicking life. Today, I have got. One of my best buddies on the show with me. He is a total rock star. He's a red belt at our martial arts academy. He is the Emmett Carter Grogan, my youngest son, Emmett. Emmett, what's going on, buddy? I'm just enjoying the podcast. Thank you for letting me on it. And hi, everyone. Wow. Well said. You're going to be a professional at this. And uh, we ran into somebody the other day that listens to the podcast all the time. Uh, a guy I used to play hockey with, so a special shout-out to Chris Gothlin. Chris, I know you're listening again. Thank you so very much, and thank you for the kind words to Emmett. Emmett had said when we uh, got in the car, he's like, so that guy really uh, recognized me from the podcast? He knows my voice? And I said, yes, he does. So good job, Emmett. So, Emmett, say thank you, Mr. Gothlin. Thank you, Mr. Gothlin. I appreciate it. Good job, buddy. So, Emmett, are you excited to be here? Yes. I know you are. You're always asking, and I'm always proud of you. So today we're going to talk about something that uh, we're going to start talking about. I'm giving the listeners a little precursor here because, you know, school's back in for kids and so families and we're, it's a big change, obviously, going from the summer to the fall with school starting. Our heads are like a whirlwind with kids' activities and trying to get back into a routine and everything else that goes on when we have a major schedule change and a major shift. So school's in. So what we want to talk about, and something we're going to start talking about in, starting in September, but I'm giving it to you folks early, we're going, to start talk, we're going to talk about the ABCs of conflict avoidance. Now, this is something you definitely want to share with your kids, but it's also something for you to listen, to feel, to absorb, to, uh, um, I guess, take in the wisdom and knowledge on how it's going to help you live your best kick in life. And as you know, everything I try and do with the podcast here hence the name, Kickin' Life, Live Your Best Kickin' Life. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you have to go around kicking people. It's fun. If you haven't done it in a while, you probably need to. <laughs> Is that a good idea, Emmett, to go around kicking people? No. What? Why not? Um, Is it's that, just that, not. That, that's not part of the ABCs of conflict avoidance? Kick somebody in the head? No. Oh, well, I guess I had it wrong, folks. Sorry about that. No, of course it's not. It's about living your best kick in life. When life kicks your butt, as it says in the intro there, we're here to motivate, inspire you to get back up because we're going to get knocked down. We are going to get knocked down in life. And that's where something we share at the academy all the time and something I'm very, very vocal about is oftentimes in life, and I don't want anybody to fail or not succeed. I mean, I would love to lie to you and say, hey, you're never going to have a problem. You're never going to get knocked down in life. You're never going to have a setback. It's all going to be sunshine and rainbows and, yes, just sail off into the sunset. 
I guess that would be great. Yeah, it would probably be pretty good. However, that's not reality. That's not how the world works, unfortunately. There are going to be events that knock you down. There are going to be events that kick your butt. Unfortunately, a lot of folks in society were raising kids where they've never, ever had a setback. They're being, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to keep your kids safe. But if we're too much of helicopter parents and we're too much of, of, of trying to do everything we can to avoid our kids from ever, ever having a setback, we, we are not doing them a service, folks. When they, when they get out in the real world and it's happening every single day with a lot of teenagers and a lot of college students and they, uh, for the very first time, face an adverse situation or a setback, they don't know how to respond because they've never had to do it before. They don't know how to persevere because they've never been knocked down before without somebody there to pick them up. It's sort of like a child learning to walk for the first time. You want to do everything you can to help them. Yeah, you want to try and pick them back up, pick them back up. But you know how they eventually learn how to walk is they start picking themselves back up. Yeah, that's how they do it. And not once any child, well, that's an adult now that's walking, (laughs) ever gave up. They learned to persevere. They learned to battle through. They didn't say after 50 attempts at walking and falling, they said, you know what? Maybe this walking thing isn't for me. Maybe I'm just going to crawl around the rest of my life. Obviously, if you walked into work today, you walked into your kitchen today, you walked into your shower today or whatever else, you will learn to persevere. And that's good. That's the start. That's the foundation. But unfortunately, with everybody getting a medal, everybody getting a participation trophy and all these other things out there, we're not doing our kids a service. We're actually hurting them. Now, I'm not saying punish your kids by any means. I mean, if they do wrong, they need some type of discipline. But I am saying it's okay for them to have a setback from time to time and learn how to battle through. Here's where we come in, folks. We need to work with them. That means we put down the devices. We put down the phones. We spend time with them. We talk to them and find out what their problems are to help them, to give them the tools to battle through. We don't necessarily need to fight the battles for them. I know. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, I kind of got sidetracked. Bing, bang, boom. Emma, are you still with me? Yes. Okay. Squirrel? What's that mean? <laughs> It was like, oh my gosh. Listeners, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Anyway, back to the M-Dog here. He's going to share with us the ABCs of conflict avoidance. And like I said, folks, this is not only for your kids, but it's going to be for you as well. And I'm going to tie in some examples to help out with that. So Emmett, A, B, C, and D of conflict avoidance. What is A? What does A stand for? Avoid potentially dangerous situations. Avoid potentially dangerous situations. Wow. Folks. Can you say that? Everybody say it together. What's A? Avoid, Avoid potentially dangerous situations. situations. So what the heck does that mean? Well, for a kid's point of view, think about this. Maybe stay away from, like, busy streets. Yeah. Make sure you hold mom and dad's hand when you're on the curb if you're crossing the street. And I know, I get it. When kids get older, they don't want to hold mom and dad's hand. Mom and dad, this is the trick on that. You just tell your kids, hey, I want you to keep me safe. So could you be the big boy, the big girl, and hold my hand to keep me safe? That's a little Jedi mind trick I try with, I do with my kids, and it works every time. They keep us safe. makes them feel important instead of, hold my hand because, because you're a little kid. Nobody wants to be talked to like that. Have them hold your hand to keep you safe. Another thing, um, school bullies. You know, if some kid's being mean, if some kid's causing trouble, avoid it. Avoid it. Stay away from that dangerous situation. If there's a construction site, 
And I know a lot of days now, you know, kids are, and it's, some things are good, some things are bad. I mean, when I was a kid, and obviously a lot of the listeners, when you were kids, you could just ride your bike to your friend's house, and you had to be home by when? When did you have to be home? Before the streetlights came on. Yeah, that's it. Same here. And oftentimes I pushed it a little bit. I always tried to time the streetlights from what friend's house I was at to know where the sun was to see if I could get home to my house before the streetlights came on. So uh, that, that was me, always trying to push the envelope a little bit. But uh, so, but uh, when I was a kid, yeah, there would be a construction site or something, and yeah, I would jump in there. I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, you know, get myself in some trouble. Obviously, nowadays, you know, parents are a little smarter in that regard. Uh, and simply because society you know, maybe isn't as safe as it used to be, now we're, we're, we're uh, watching our kids a little bit more, which is, which is better. The only bad thing is instead of the kids getting the exercise of riding their bike to their, neighbor, their friend's house, we drive them there and pick them up and then drive them back. So they are home before the streetlights go on because we go get them. But if they're playing at a friend's house, remind them of these things to avoid dangerous situations and avoid the bully at school. Avoid, especially when they get to middle school and high school, avoid hanging out with the troublemakers. Avoid hanging out with the kids that you know are the kids that when we were kids, it was kind of the same kids that uh, probably were the ones, you know, stealing mom and dad's cigarettes or the ones, you know, grabbing, uh, getting alcohol early. You know these things go on. Don't be naive to it. Help your kids avoid those dangerous situations. So that's A number one, avoid potentially dangerous situations. Now, folks, as adults, I've got one for you, a little story. It's, uh, it's an old story of a guy that uh, came into a martial arts academy, and he comes in and he says, hey, I need to learn martial arts lessons. And the guy, that he, when he comes in, he's got a black eye, he's got a swollen lip, his nose is uh, on the side of his face, and uh, the instructor says, well, what, what do you need martial arts classes for? He goes, I need to learn how to fight. I need to learn how to defend myself. And can't you see my face? I've been getting beat up all the time. Look at this black eye. Look at this swollen lip. Look at my nose. He goes, well, okay, well, we can, we can work with that. He says, but it's a process. You know, it's going to take some time. To, yes, I can show you some motions to protect yourself, but let's talk about these situations you keep getting yourself into. And that's the A, avoid dangerous situations. So the instructor asked the guy, he goes, so when do you generally get in these fights? He goes, well, you know, every single time I go to this bar, every single time I go to this bar, I get in a fight. I don't understand it. I just go there. It doesn't matter who's there. I get in a fight. And the instructor says, well, you know, I got your problem solved right now. You don't even have to take a class. I'm going to give you this lesson right now for free, and it's going to help you from getting in a fight at that bar. And the guy says, all right, okay, whatever, wise man. Tell me what it is. What is it? He goes, well, it's pretty obvious. Avoid potentially dangerous situations. Don't go to the bar. He goes, whoa, I, I, I love going there. He said, every time you go there, what happens? Well, I get drunk and get in a fight. Well, here's the deal. If you don't go to the bar, you're not going to get drunk. You're not going to get in a fight. You're not going to need, you know, any more lessons to learn how to protect yourself because you're not in a, a dangerous situation. I said, well, uh, uh, does that make sense? I don't know. What do you think, folks? Does that make sense? Is that avoiding a potentially dangerous situation? If every single time you go to a place, you get in a fight, you get into a conflict with somebody, if you avoid that situation, are you avoiding that conflict? Yeah. At least that situation. <laughs> now, if you go to a different place and repeat the same routine and same behavior, <laughs> it's probably going to happen. But hopefully, obviously, the whole mindset on that is you're avoiding that situation that leaves that ending result of you getting beat up each and every time. Now, I know it's silly. I know it's a silly analogy, but I think we can all connect with that. So moral of the story, avoid the bar and you avoid getting beat up at that particular bar. If you go to another one and start up the same stuff, it's probably going to happen. 
but avoid the potentially dangerous situation. B. What is B, Mr. Emmett? Be calm and breathe. Be calm and breathe? What the heck does that mean? Oh, it means, like, well, if you, like, see someone, like, let's say in a parking lot to a store, like, that's that looks like trouble to you, don't freak out, like, don't, like, run for it or anything. Just be calm, breathe, and just avoid them, like A. Very good. Way to put it together there, buddy. So be calm and breathe. And why that's important, Emma just said it. If you see something that doesn't feel right in your stomach, and I talk about this in the women's self-defense classes all the time, go with that gut sense. If it feels a little wrong, it feels a little weird, it feels a little, uh, trust the gut. Breathe, remain calm, and then take action. And that leads back to A, avoid the potentially dangerous situation. If it doesn't feel right, avoid it by getting out of there. Now, kid, or parents, how you can share this with your kids for school, there's a dangerous situation. You know, there's kids doing things they shouldn't be doing. Maybe it's a high school football game. Maybe it's at a middle school event. Maybe it's even at grade school. There's an area of the playground that has been roped off, and the kids see other kids in there. Now, your kid may think in his stomach, uh, well, I know I shouldn't go over there, but these kids are going over there. Breathe. Calm. Make a rational choice. Avoid the situation. And the reason breathe and remain calm is so important when you're in a hyped-up state of emotion, your mind isn't thinking properly. You're all wrapped up in the, in the moment, which is good to be in the moment, but sometimes being in a moment of a potentially dangerous situation, we don't make the right choices. We make the choices based on emotion rather than on rational thought. Yeah. You know, you've heard the saying before, uh, uh, emotion and rational thought or emotions and logic are like oil and water. They don't mix well. That's why it's so important to take a breath. Inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, remain calm, make the rational choice, which is if a dangerous situation, avoid it. Moving on, little buddy, what is C? Uh, communicate with confidence. Confidence. And in martial arts, is confidence a kind of a big thing, not a big thing, or a huge thing? Uh, a huge thing. Huge thing? Can you give examples of confidence? Like maybe uh, some nights if you're not, I don't know, Maybe the first time when you see new kids come into the studio, are, are they kind of scared to come in and get on the mat? Yes. Yeah. Very. Because um, here we are in our pajamas, jumping around, making weird karate noises, and they feel like, man, I don't know what's going on here. I'm brand new. This is kind of scary. And I know you've been part of the academy since, uh, well, even before you could crawl. You were still in diapers. and So you've kind of grown up in the academy. But sometimes we have some new kids come in, and sometimes when you're moving up to another class, you still get uh, a, a little nervous? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but you do what? You believe in yourself, the confidence kicks in, and you move on because you've learned to battle through. Right, little buddy? Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. So communicate with, what is it again? Confidence. Communicate with confidence. And uh, just a little example here. Sometimes uh, bullies and strangers, and I say this with the women in the self-defense classes, they generally avoid people that carry themselves in a confident manner. The reason, most time bullies or predators or people are looking to do looking to do harm or looking to try and get over on somebody or take advantage of somebody or exploit their potential weaknesses, they're weak themselves. They are weak-minded. They've probably been bullied before. They've probably been taken advantage of before. They probably had somebody get over on them before. So what they're wanting to do 
and it doesn't make any sense, folks, but it's the reality of things. They're thinking if they're able to over-empower somebody else, then that's going to make them feel better about themselves. Because obviously, somebody did that to them, and they think, and we all think anytime we've been taken advantage of, that that makes that person feel better. Well, truthfully, it doesn't. No, you never feel good about making somebody else feel bad. And somebody might be saying, well, yeah, but they deserved it. You know, I, I get that, and I felt that way before too. You want to put people in their place. You want to bang, give them that right hook. You want to set them right for being disrespectful or dishonorable or for taking advantage of you. I get it. I feel those same emotions. I feel it. I've done it. I'm just saying it's not the end all. You never truly feel good about it for a very extended period of time. Something I read by Abraham Lincoln the other day. He said, my religion is this. When I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. That's my religion. That was uh, from Abraham Lincoln. I thought that was pretty outstanding. And it's true. You know, that uh, if somebody's rude to us or mean to us and we pop off and get back at them and put them in their place and we got our people, yeah, you really put them in their place. Great job. Yeah. And you're feeling macho. You're feeling tough. You got your chest out. Yeah, that son of a gun deserved it. You're feeling all tough. But it doesn't last. It doesn't last. I know. I mean, and I'm a human being, too. And I'm fortunate enough, I've got the Martial Arts Academy, so when those things happen to me, when somebody's disrespectful online, and as much as I'd like to jump through the computer and smack them in the chops and say, be respectful, obviously I can't do that. (laughs) I get to go to the academy and work out on stuff and hit some stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't have the opportunity to do that, but you do have the opportunity to breathe. Rationalize the situation then communicate with confidence. And that communication with confidence is all about, and a lot of it is communicating with yourself with confidence. I'm better than this. This is not worth my time. I'm not going to waste my time on this situation or this person or this problem. That's another version of communicate with confidence. Another one is when people, uh, it may be somebody at work or maybe your child's having trouble with the kid at school that's being rude. The other part of the communicate with confidence, one, you try and avoid it. Two, you breathe and remain calm. Three, communicate confidence, and it could be they stand up for themselves in a confident manner and say to the kid, don't talk to me like that. Don't touch me. But you have to do it with confidence. And then what we talk about at the studio all the time, tiger eyes and a lion voice, right? And the tiger eyes. Tiger eyes help, help our listeners out. Is that looking down at the ground with no confidence? No, it's looking like forward, no fear, just yeah. I like eye contact too. Yeah, looking right in their eyes, and then a lion voice is that a little squeaky voice? Don't touch me. Don't talk to me like that. Meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> What's a lion roar or lion voice? It's like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me like that. Or with your tiger eyes, right? Yes. So you're making the tiger eyes, which shows confidence. So that's another form of communicating with confidence. And then the other form of communicating confidence is actually communication with your words. A lion roar, right? And we did that the other night in class, didn't we? And everybody yes. go, meow, meow. <laughs> I know I'm ridiculous here. And the listener's like, what is wrong with this guy? But it's the truth. You know, uh, a little kitty cat, meow, a big lion, roar. Now, let me be clear. Kitty cats, they're, 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 they're beautiful little creatures, but they get it. They know how to defend themselves. And I use the kitty cat analogy often at the academy when we're talking about self-defense and self-protection. A cat will do everything it can to avoid a conflict, right? A, it tries to avoid the situation by walking away. 
If you continue to pursue that cat, then the cat's going to, it's breathing, it's trying to remain calm as it's moving away. Then it's going to, next to C, it's going to hiss at you. <laughs> That's community, you like that, Emmett? <laughs> That's the kitty cat roar. It's trying to communicate with confidence, hey, I've had enough. Don't mess with me. I've tried to avoid it. I've walked away. I've tried to remain calm by walking away. Now I'm communicating with you. Enough is enough. Well, if you back that cat in the corner, what's that cat going to do to you? Smack you. Yeah, it's going to scratch your face off, right? And then what's it going to do? It's going to go back to giving itself a bath and licking itself and whatever it was doing, right? <laughs> yes. It's like, ah, oh, no, no big deal. No big deal. So, C, communicate with confidence. And once again, I know it's a silly example, but we can all relate to that. We've all, <laughs> if we've ever seen a cat or any kind of other animal who's trying to avoid it, but we back that cat in a corner, it's going to do what it can to protect itself. It is communicated, it breathed, it tried to avoid it, but now it's got to defend itself. So, D, now D's where it gets a little confusing because D automatically, you're going to think, is defend yourself. Go right to defending yourself. Well, the truth be told, that's the second half of D. And that's only defend yourself if you have no other options, okay? So in other words, just because somebody at work ticks you off or somebody online ticks you off, and we're human, I want to jump through the screen and pop them one too, I get it. We can't go right to that. We got to follow the steps. Avoid it. You've done that. You've breathed, you've remained calm, you've communicated with confidence, you've done everything you can to avoid this uh, situation. Avoid it from going to another level. But there's still one more. D. What is D, Emmett? Don't make the situation worse by fighting. Yeah. And, and you're probably saying, wait, 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 wait a minute, Master Grogan. You just said, you just said the kitty cat example. It tried to avoid it and tried to do everything else. But once you packed the cat in the corner, then it scratched your face off and went back to licking itself. So you're kind of contradicting yourself here, right? No. The second part of D is defend yourself because you've exhausted every single option. And it could be, if we wanted to add an E to the equation, it is you've exhausted everything else now as you do everything you can to protect yourself with a physical manner if you have to. But let's think of D here. Don't make the situation worse by arguing or fighting. Um, you, you take the breaths. So let's do this together. You're going to take 10 breaths. That's, you know, that's the breathing part. You've walked away. That's the avoidance part. You've tried to communicate. That's the C. You've tried to communicate with confidence. If you've done those things, majority of the time, you're not going to have to worry about D because you've tried to diffuse it. You've tried to remain calm. You've tried to talk with confidence. You've tried to avoid the situation. So D is a reminder of the previous ones. Do everything you can to avoid getting into more of an argument or getting into a fight. You've done all those. Now, if that doesn't work, hopefully, hopefully, most of the time, that's going to work. But if it doesn't, and that person continues to pursue you, you need to let them know enough is enough. And that does not mean you haul off and kick them in the face as much as we would like to. <laughs> that's not what it means. But it does mean you cannot allow them to bully you any longer. That's when you need to turn it up a little bit. That's when that lion roar really needs to come out. That's when that inner spirit really needs to come out. And it's going to be fear-based. You're going to be scared. I'm not going to lie to you. But out of that fear, you're going to turn that fear into energy. And that energy is going to turn into that lion roar and those tiger eyes. And enough is enough. You're going to say, enough! Stop right there! Don't touch me! You don't talk to me that way! And I mean you bring it out. Bring it out enough. You've got a voice coming out of you that you never th thought you had. By doing that, you're going to scare that person. That person's going to have enough of it. 
Now, if they put their hands on you, now it's a whole new ballgame. They have physically assaulted you. You need to defend yourself. And since we're talking about it, something I teach the kids at the academy all the time, you've did everything you can to protect yourself. Now you need to defend yourself because they have physically touched you. They physically assaulted you. It's called a palm strike. Take your hand, folks. While your fingers are open, bring your fingers together. Not in the fist, just together. Like there's a gap between the fingers. Just squeeze the fingers together. Your palm heel, which is right by your wrist, kind of smack that together if you're driving. Don't do this right now, but <laughs> that palm heel, that's on the opposite side of your thumb. That area right there, straight forward, right into the solar plexus. That's the stomach area. You'll wind them. Now, I'm not saying just go up and hit somebody for no reason, but I'm saying you've done everything you can to avoid it. You've breathed. You've tried to calm and diffuse the situation. You've used your confident uh, communication with your voice. You're going through the cycle again, the D, you're trying to avoid it. Boom. Now they've done something. Now you need to protect yourself. But that is the absolute last resort. You don't resort to fighting first. You do what you need to do prior to that. And if just like the kitty cat, it did everything it could to avoid it. And then when it had to defend itself, it did. But then it's over. I tell you that. I don't want anybody hitting anybody else. I've been hit many times, too many times. And be honest, I'll be honest here. I've hit too many people too many times. That's not the solution. It's not the solution. As much as part of me thinks, yeah, <laughs> it would straighten out a few people, it's that temporary feeling of, okay, yeah, I got him. I got over on him or her. It doesn't last. Do anything you can to avoid it. Do good, you'll feel good. Do bad, you're going to feel bad. That's all there is to it. So make that your religion, as Abraham Lincoln said. Do everything you can to avoid it. But the reason I say that last resort is if they touch you, if they try and physically assault you, then you need to defend yourself. Because, folks, I'm telling you from experience, the mental scars of bullying, when you do not stand up for yourself, when you do not protect yourself, when you allow someone to continuously bully you, disrespect you, demoralize you, bring you down, put you down, try and hold you down and keep you down, those mental scars are there forever. I've been in martial arts closing in on 40 years now. I've had my share of fights. I've had my share of conflicts. I've had my share of failures and missed attempts. I've also had my share of successes. But the biggest fear that keeps raining in my mind, the biggest thing, and maybe yeah, it is a fear because it's holding me back, is the seeds that were planted years ago when I allowed people to bully me, even as an adult. They are there forever. Those scars are there forever. And here's an example I give all the time when I give speeches. If, if you're driving, you're not able to do this. But when you get home, I want you to do this. I want you to grab a piece of paper, and I want you to crumble that piece of paper up. Crumble it up. Throw it on the ground, step on it, and then take that piece of paper and fold it back out. That piece of paper, you'll notice, has scars, the crinkles that will never come out. Hold that piece of paper that you now crinkled all up next to a fresh piece of paper. The paper you crinkled up, try and straighten it out the best you can, and you'll notice it will never go back to the original shape or configuration. Those scars will always be there. The same with the scars in your mind from being bullied. They will always be there. So I tell you this because I've still got those scars. That's why I do what I do, to empower people to believe in themselves, empower people to stand up for themselves, to stand up to bullying, because I don't want you to have those scars. The world's going to kick our butt enough. We're going to have to battle through enough. Let's have the confidence to protect ourselves and protect our kids from having those scars. There's kids out there. 
There's no way to totally ever, ever avoid all bullying. But by me giving you these tips, you can avoid some of the dangerous situations that lead to the bullying. You can move, remove yourself from those dangerous situations. Having the breath, the calm to make the rational choice. Having the courage, the confidence to communicate with confidence. And then D, do everything you can to avoid it. Do everything you can to continue arguing or fighting. However, if it comes to it, you defend yourself because you're doing it to protect you. No one has the right to treat you with disrespect. No one has the right to demoralize you. No one has the right to bring you down, put you down, keep you down, and trying to make you feel bad about being the human being you were born to be. That beautiful creation that God created, which is you, no one has the right to take that away from you. I know this is a little different podcast, a little different, but this is kind of what everything stems from about living your best kick in life. If you're able to do these things, your life is going to be so much better. You're not going to live out of fear. You're not going to live out of regret. You're not going to live out of that scarcity mindset of you've got to get even and all these other things. You're going to live an abundance mindset, which helps you live your best possible life, which helps you live the life that you were intended to, or born to live, that God intended for you to live. Is it simple? No. Emmett, is anything in life simple? No. No. Is it simple for me to say? Yeah. Yeah. It's simple to say. It's not easy or simple to do. But can you do it? Yes. Can you do it? Yeah. Can you do it? Yes. Can you do it? Yes. Yes, you can. Say that with me, folks. Yes, I can. Emmett. Yes, I can. Say, I'm empowered. I'm empowered. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I believe in me. I believe in me. Yeah. How's that make you feel? It's like, yeah. I wonder how many people I just scared. They're like, holy smokes, what the heck was that all about? But it's true, folks. That's what this, ep- this, what this show is all about, kicking life. That's why I bring the guest on. I got my little buddy Emmett, who's nine years old. He has overcome his fear. The first time he was in studio, he was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to put these earphones on. i got to talk to a microphone. I'm in a room here, and the producer's in and out. Ah, ah. It was a little nerve-wracking, wasn't it? Yes. And it was for me as well, I mean, the first time, because you just don't know what you don't know. You fear the unknown. But by overcoming those fears, by doing it, look at you now, buddy. Are you scared to be on the podcast now? Not really. Not really. And you often ask, hey, Dad, what do you often, I'm going to let you tell him. What do you often ask? Uh, do you have anyone on your podcast? Because <laughs> you enjoy being on it, don't you, buddy? Yes. Awesome sauce. So what do you think? You think we got that message across about the ABCs and Ds of conflict avoidance? Yes, I feel like it. You feel like it? Yeah. Was that a big right hook of reality? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So are you excited about sharing these? We're going to start this in September at the studio. Each week, we're going to talk about uh, one, of the, one of the letters. A is going to be the first week. And let's remind the folks again, because I, I already forgot. What's A stand for? Avoid what? Avoid potentially di- uh, dangerous situations. What's B? Be calm and breathe. What's, what's C? Communicate with confidence. And what's D? Don't, don't make the situation worse by fighting or arguing. Right. And that, that's pretty much what D is, is just a reminder to repeat a, B, and C, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, little buddy. So, Emmett, um, I think we have drove that point home pretty well. Do you? Yes. I think so, too. So let's. Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, folks. I really want to get that message drove, drove in there. I know I gave a good example about A, about avoiding, because if we follow A, then B, C, and D don't even apply, right? Like the, the example of the guy getting beat up every time he goes to the bar, if he avoids that bar and avoids that choice, I don't have to worry about the rest of it. It's gone. So if we're able to do that, and that's why it's kind of in the order it's in there. 
So good stuff. Avoid potentially dangerous situations. Breathe and be calm. Communicate with confidence. And don't make the situation worse by arguing and fighting, which is pretty much repeating the previous three. Great, great stuff. All right, Em. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, buddy. I want to talk about confidence and how that's, you know, it's so important. That's like, to me, I know that's C on the list because C is confidence, but confidence is what stems all other uh, potential growth or opportunities to be your best, to do what you want to do, to do what you were born to do, and live a life outside of fear. So back to you, Mr. Man. What have we decided to do this year that you've kind of always wanted to do? You did this in the spring. We're nervous at the first, but you got out there and rocked it out, and now you're going to do a whole season of it. You were nervous. You were scared, but you're playing what? Hockey. Yes, you are. Yeah. Are, are you loving it? Yes, it's a lot of fun. So far, we've had two evaluations, and there's the third one, the third and last one is this Saturday. So, side for that. Good. And, and share with the listeners, and so they can share maybe with their kids who might be going through a situation where they're nervous and scared about something brand new. We were excited about getting signed up, but then when it came time for the first evaluation, the first practice, what was going through your mind? Um, like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. I, I'm really nervous. Like, something, things like that. So. And what'd you say to mom? Be honest. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You were nervous and you were scared. And folks, I think we all can go through that. I go through it. It's, it's, I mean, how long have I owned the academy? But there's still times when I'll go in and do that. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I want to do this. I, I don't know what it is. It's that little element of fear that sometimes if we give it too much, it's going it, to it turn into something well, grand and great, but not in a great way. It's going to turn into something that's monstrous, that's going to eat us up, almost like a parasite. We continue to feed a parasite. What happens to that sucker? It can't get enough. It just eats us all up, right? So we got to put that baby to bed and kill that parasite, if you will, in order to overcome those fears with confidence. And that kind of talks about well, a message I gave last week, Em, was um, you're always working on two types of muscles, perseverance muscles or your quitting muscles. Your perseverance muscles say, yeah, I know it's a fight. I know it's a struggle. I know it's a battle, but I know it's going to make me better, so I'm going to fight through this. Your quitting muscles are all like, you know, it's just easier. I'm scared. I'm just going to quit and give up. Whichever one you work the most is the one that's going to succeed, is the one that's going to win. You work that quitting muscle enough, you're going to quit everything in your life. You work that perseverance muscle enough, it gets easier, but guess what? Your challenges get bigger because they have to or they wouldn't be challenges anymore. I know that's kind of a right hook, isn't it? Bang! You're saying, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> so I overcome this challenge. Yeah, I feel good about it, but my next challenge is going to be even harder? What the heck? Well, yeah, just like anything else. You know, if you're going to the gym and you're lifting weights and you're lifting five pounds, well, you're not going to see any more growth from lifting five pounds. you got to bump it up a little bit, right? Like if you do five pounds one time. Yeah, that's better than doing nothing. <laughs> but in order to continue growth and sustaining and uh, moving forward, you got to do a little bit more. And it's the same thing. They wouldn't be challenges. Uh, well, I guess let me back up. If you've overcome a challenge, like say a level three challenge, and it could be something minor, like, uh, oh, let me try and come up with an example of a level three challenge. Maybe you're, you're, you're having uh, trouble with your, your teenager there, and that's a level three challenge because they're, I don't know, they're not going to bed at night. So you're able to come up with a solution of that. That's a level three challenge. you got to figure it out. The next challenge is <laughs> they're not coming home on time. 
That could be a level five. We've already accomplished a level three. Now the level five is a little bit tougher. But once you overcome that challenge, then you can move on to other ones. And of course, you can relate that to anything, whether it be your work, whether it be you know uh, relationship challenges, maybe it be business, maybe it be I don't know if you're an author writing a book or giving speeches or anything. Whatever challenges, once you overcome one level, the next one's going to be tougher. It doesn't mean you're not going to repeat the previous challenges, but you've already figured out how to overcome those challenges. You've already figured out the remedy or the medicine or the solution. So it's really no longer a challenge and you move forward. So that's the difference. Kind of got sidetracked again there, but you're either working one of two muscles. Which ones are they, buddy? Your, your give, your, oh, you say it, I'm sorry. Your perseverance muscles or your quitting muscles. That a baby. Isn't he awesome, folks? Let's give him a hand. Yeah, Emmett. Woo. Emmett's Thank clapping you. for himself. <laughs> So anyway, so we're playing hockey. We've had two evaluations, and you're pretty excited about it, right? Yes. Good. And um, even the last time, the second time, there was still that element of fear and doubt, wasn't there? Yes. And it's probably going to be there each and every time. I mean, I played, uh, listeners, you know, I played hockey at a really high competitive level, and I I really loved it. And, um, you know, still play a little bit today, not as much as I would like. need to get my schedule reorganized so I can do that a little more. But I still get nervous, and it's that, Man, am I good enough? Oh, man, these younger guys. And the truth be told, last, uh, well, it was hard to believe it was a year ago, I got out and uh, did a couple stick times skating around, and I was by far the oldest guy out there. Uh, I'm 48 now, but last year I was 47. That's how that works, right? The next year, you're, you're older. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was 47, and the next youngest guy, there was one other guy out there, or the next oldest guy, I should say, was 27. He was, and he, he goes, I, I was kind of the old guy until you came along. <laughs> so I was 47, 20 years older than this kid, and the rest of them were in their early 20s. So uh, it was wowzers. Uh, uh, and, and I'd been skating, you know, the sessions and this and that with Emmett, but strapping on all the, all the equipment, wow, was it, was it tough. And the truth be told, uh, Austin, my oldest son, he's 18, and he'd never seen me play competitively. So I hadn't been on the ice in 18 years skating competitively, so it was a, it was a bit of a challenge. But uh, I gave it my all, and I felt pretty good about it. Although my wife, when she, uh, she came and picked up Emmett after the session, she called me over and she was, you're not going to have a heart attack out here, are you, with all these young kids? I'm like, come on, come on, just, just leave me some oxygen. <laughs> and don't leave, I may need CPR. No, it wasn't that bad, but it was a good time. So anyway, the whole point of that is there's always going to be fear. There's always going to be areas and uh, uh, events in our life that are going to want to hold us back. That's where we work on those perseverance muscles. So, Emmett, once you overcome those fears and once you get on the ice, how do you feel then? I feel awesome. You feel awesome. You get on, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of you got to take that step, right? Yes. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of tease the listeners because the um, the next, well, and, oh, listeners, I, if I haven't told you, we're doing two podcasts a week now. This one, actually, the truth be told, we record on Fridays. Now, let me tease you again. This is in the works. I don't know when it's going to happen, but we're, we're, this is in the works where we're going to start, hopefully, in the near future. I don't know. I don't have a timetable on it yet. We're actually going to record live on Yo! Radio. So we'll record live, and it'll go live instantly. Now, you can still download it at any given time and subscribe just like you do now, but you'll be able to hear the show live, which is kind of cool. So that's something that uh, we're working on. I had to get with the producers on getting all the, the, the final details and steps on that. So maybe as early as the middle of September, or it could be October, I don't know. But that, that could be pretty cool. But anyway, we're recording two shows. And uh, this show we record right now on Fridays, but it airs on Mondays. We're also going to have a show that airs 
on Friday mornings. So it comes out on Friday morning, just like the one that comes out early on Monday morning. A show will come out on Friday morning, and it's a short one. It's a little five, seven, ten minutes, depending on how talkative I am. A little quick hitter, we call it. Boom. It's your right hook of reality, your kicking life tip for the weekend to get you over until Monday when the new episode comes out. So I'm going to tease you because the one that's going to be coming out next Friday is going to be, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that's all. That's from Zig Ziglar. And that's all about what we're talking about with Emmett here with hockey. Yeah, he's not the greatest hockey player right now, but he's taken that step to be great because he started it. And he's a heck of a lot better this year than he was last year. Matter of fact, he's 10,000 times greater this year because he overcame those fears and now he's doing it. But he had to start it. Same thing. He gets nervous, just like all of us get nervous in different situations we're not comfortable with. But the only way to be great is to push ourselves outside that comfort zone in order to do something that may, we may be really nervous about. But you have to start it. That might be a new relationship. It might be a new a career path. It might be a new group of friends. It might be a new, uh, I don't know, new path in life. Anything. Anything. It might be reconnecting with somebody you haven't been around with in a long time that's a good person. And you don't know why you drifted apart. But nothing great happens until you start. And once again, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And that's Zig Ziglar. So, Emmett, if you never would have started by taking that first step onto the ice, would you ever, uh, would you ever have that great feeling that you have right now when you're out on the ice? Man, that feels good, right? Yeah, it feels good. And no, I wouldn't have that, well, confidence to right. get on right now and actually play a game instead of, well, last year was kind of like a mini kind of season thing where you only did half ice and you didn't have an actual hockey team. It was like, like I said, like a mini season thing. This year I'm doing full ice. I'm going to have an actual team probably called the Twin Bridges Lightning. Yep, that's exactly what it's called. And you had a team last year, but it was just kind of, uh, um, it was a big group of kids and they divided up jerseys and stuff. So it was like a scrimmage, folks. But uh, he, he's right. They didn't have... Uh, uh, where they didn't keep stats, and uh, yeah, they kept score, but it was just kind of a, a, a glamorized scrimmage. But this year, baby, it's the real deal, isn't it? Yes. Good. So we had to start in order to be great, right? Big, yeah, big time. And by doing that, and that's another way to look at it, folks, by him taking that step, by overcoming those fears of starting something he was nervous about, man, he's feeling the great uh, uh, return on investment, if you will. He's feeling great about it. Because when you come off the ice, buddy, how do you feel? Well, awesome. Yeah, you feel awesome, and you can't wait to do it again. But then again, the next time when you're getting ready to do it, you have those fears that come in, don't you? Yes. And those fears are probably telling you, what are they telling you? They're telling you? Um, well, don't get it on the ice. I'm too nervous. I don't feel like I can do this. But here's something you can do. It's called, like, I call it teasing your brain. Just, like, instead of... Uh, having your brain say, I'm nervous, like tease your brain and make it say, I'm excited for this. I'm going to do awesome. So yeah, stuff like that. Oh my gosh. That is fantastic, buddy. That is fantastic. So you're teasing your brain. Maybe we need to have a whole show about that. And that's just teasing your brain to overcome fears, but it's also the, what called positive self-talk, right? Yes. Like negative self-talk is your brain telling you what? I can't do this. I feel like I'm going to 
like not do good at this. I'm not going to be able to do this. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then positive self-talk is what? Go ahead and share with the listeners again. Uh, I can do this. I'm excited. I, I'm not nervous. I'm very excited. I'm going to do great. Wow. You know what? And I, I just, in, in almost, in recapping the show here, it's almost like the ABCs of conflict avoidance. You're avoiding the negative talk. You're breathing and remaining calm. You're communicating confidence with a positive talk. And then D, D, you're not making things worse by arguing with your brain about negativity. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. Well, Emmett, thank you so very much for being on the show. Did you have a good time, buddy? Yes, thank you for having me. You're awesome, buddy. You did an excellent, excellent job. Folks, as always, make sure you check us out on social media. Subscribe to the uh, fan page, which is Kicking Life with Master Grogan. Make sure you share this with others who you know would benefit and can benefit from this message. Leave your comments and feedback. I love reading them. Leave your comments on our page and let us know. Maybe if you're having some troubles and some struggles, we can address those topics on the air. All right, guys. Well, as always, until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.